Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Friday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi wrapping up the work week with you as we get closer to Christmas. Just a couple of weekends remaining until we uh, we get to that special day on the calendar. But uh, plenty of work still to be done. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. We'd love to hear from you this afternoon. You can join us on the Ceasefire text line. The number is 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire country. Visit them online at ceasefire.com slash business. Hope you guys have had a good Friday so far. Hope you, wherever you're listening, have had a good Friday. Workday may be coming to the end. Maybe you're even going to sneak out of the office a little early. That's always a win on a Friday. I uh, I got to be a mystery reader earlier today. The um, my, my our, our youngest daughter, Frances, is in kindergarten at Bramlett in Oxford, and they have parents kind of sign up or parents sign other parents up. <laughs> I think that was the case. I think my wife took care of that. And so I got to show up at Bramlett at 11.30 this morning. Book of my choosing. So you want to take a guess on, on the book? It, it was a Christmas-themed book. Was I Die Hard a book before? No, Die Hard was not a book before it was a movie. It was not. It's well played, though. I think it's the best Christmas book. Not named Twas not the Night Before, before Christmas. Christmas. No, not that one. Oh. That that probably the donkey is... one? Wait, what? I don't know what it's called. It, it, there's, 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 what is it? You obviously know what it is, Borky. No, I'm actually laughing at a joke that I thought about making, but I feel like people would have taken no. it the wrong way. I was going to yeah. say the Bible. No. <laughs> oh, oh, it would be, a, it would be a bit that's long. A, that's a good Christmas book. Sure, parts of it. Boy, no doubt, he'd still be there. He'd still be there. <laughs> uh, Polar Express. Nice. Okay. Well, like, okay. Yeah, Pol- Polar Express, I feel like always a winner. Maybe my, my favorite Christmas book that is not Twas the Night Before Christmas, which is a uh, Christmas Eve tradition at our house. So that was fun. Uh, hanging out with uh, the kindergartners in Miss Love's class, that was uh, that was really cool earlier today. Uh, something really cool for Mississippi State fans today. After a frustrating couple of days in the news cycle, 
and a lot of guys, not a lot, some guys choosing to put their names in the transfer portal and move on and doing so with fanfare and media attention, uh, the opposite happens today. Woody Marks, Quavius Marks, announces that he is coming back for another season at Mississippi State. Now, it is interesting that we are in a time where making an announcement that you are coming back to the school at which you currently play is actually news. It didn't used to be like that. It like you just yeah. you were coming back because you were coming back. Uh, but in this world, that was news, and for Mississippi State fans, it had to be good news today. Hey, Dad. Obviously, it's great news for for State, especially when you talk about next season. But in reality, this is the biggest news for the bowl game because you already have lost Dylan Johnson. If you had lost Marks, you were down to one scholarship running back in Simeon Price. Uh, so at least now you know you go to the bowl game with, with your backfield in relative uh, relatively good shape. But for next year, now you've got Marks. He'll be the featured guy. Price will compliment him. We'll see what these the, the recruits they're bringing in can do. They're bringing in a junior college guy, so I would expect maybe he could contribute kind of early. But Marks will be the, the feature back for this team next year, and hopefully they'll continue to, to make him a bigger part of the offense. I thought every time he got carries, he showed you that he can be a, a good running back in this conference. All right, so you used a, a, a phrase there that is fascinating to me because Dylan Johnson wanted to go somewhere, we think, so that he could be a feature back. Mike mm-hmm. Leach's offense is rarely have had just one back. It's been a couple of guys who kind of split the carries, so do we believe that? That Woody well, Marks will become a feature back where the majority of the carries are going to him as opposed to splitting with Simeon Price or splitting with somebody else that comes in. He's had some guys in his career that have been, been you could call feature backs. Max Borgie at Washington State was one. Uh, Ricky Williams, not that Ricky Williams, but the other one at Texas Tech was one. Torian Henderson was one for him there. Guys who, who you know, as much as you're going to carry the ball in the Mike Leach offense, that's the, the, the was the main guy. I, the Marks, you know, he, he gets banged up a lot. He's not the biggest back in the world, but I think he's plenty tough. So I, I think, yeah, if he stays healthy next year, he could be a guy. We saw it this year with our own eyes. There's no denying it. There's no getting around the fact that this offense runs a lot better when it runs. And, you know, when they're running the ball 20 plus times a game, can Marks be a guy who gets 15, 16, 17 carries and Price be a guy who gets six, seven carries? I think that's the, that's the right balance for Mississippi State next year. What do you make of the matchup with Illinois? And I, and I we just got a text message. I mean, it appears like this is a first-time texter. It comes from the 601, and just randomly it says, I think Mississippi State is going to get beat by Illinois. When you look at the matchup, it could happen. it's two good defenses. Yeah, I mean, there, there is a reason the line's close. Both defenses are really good. State struggled offensively this year. Illinois, not a great offensive football team. Um, Illinois didn't see a lot of passing teams playing in the Big Ten West, but... When they did play them, they played okay. Uh, defensively, like I said, both of these teams are very good. I think it'll be a low-scoring, ugly game. Whoever makes a mistake, whoever gives the ball away, will probably lose. Um, State could easily lose this, this football game, but by that same token, they can they can very easily win it. What Illinois does well offensively plays into State's strength, so especially with Forbes gone. and Yeah. Um, they've got a high-level running back, like really, really, mm-hmm. really good running back. 
but so does Ole Miss, and we saw what State's defensive front can do to neutralize that when they're at full strength. So, yeah. um, like we said, when Chase the Bulls Brown were announced, was the running back for yeah, Chase Brown was the, only, the running back, sixteen hundred forty-three yards, ten touchdowns this year. Yeah, good player. I, I expect kind yeah. of a rock fight. I, I mean, it's going to be yeah. One of those frustrating offensive days, I think. I mean, especially now, you know, State's down a receiver, down a reserve receiver, uh, down a running back. I expect it to be a frustrating offensive day, and then another one of those, the defense feasts on uh, another sacrificial lamb on the other side, and the final score is like 17-14. That that you 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 and I are of the same mind, Michael. That I, I think it's going to be very similar to the bowl game state played against Iowa uh, in 2019 down there in the, in this exact same bowl game. Uh, ugly game on both sides, um, and state made the mistakes, and that's what cost them the game. So we'll have to see if state can play clean. If they play clean, I feel like they can win. If they don't, it's going to be tough. Illinois is favored in the game. They are a one and a half point favorite, a minus one thirty money line favorite in the game. Uh, kind of in line with what you guys are saying about low scoring, the total, the over-under, is 46. And yet, ESPN's matchup predictor, which is driven or powered by ESPN Analytics, gives Mississippi State a 55.5% chance to win the game. So, I, I don't know, make all of that make sense, if you will. 54.5% chance to win the game for Mississippi State, and yet the Bulldogs are a slight underdog. So... January 2nd, ESPN2 in Tampa. It's the ReliaQuest Bowl, formerly known as the Outback Bowl. SEC, we can still call it the Outback Bowl. There's no, there's no law that makes us say ReliaQuest. We don't, yeah. we don't, we don't have any. We aren't getting any of that sweet, sweet cloud security money. So yeah, they didn't pay us for want. the sponsor plugs. That's right. So, I mean, right. What was Dime one? Wasn't this at? Uh, an earlier time, the Hall of Fame game. It was yes, it was the Hall of Fame Bowl at one time. Yes, maybe, maybe we should just call it the, the Hall of Fame Bowl because it doesn't have. Nah, a, I, I like Outback. I like you know, you're 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 a, you're a proponent of Outback Steakhouse. You know, yeah, I am. I am. I like it because it's easy and it's consistent. Right? I mean, you you it's can good. you can walk into any Outback in America. You can always find a seat at the bar if you're traveling by yourself. You can order a uh, a blooming onion, and then get uh, a small fillet, medium rare, with uh, loaded baked potato and a salad with ranch and no onions, and feel really good about your meal. And it tastes exactly the same every single time. And half an hour later, you can be on the road again. Nothing more important in chain restaurants than consistency. I want to go when I, wherever I travel. It's the same every place. That's that's yeah. that's what I want. That's important, right? It is. No, I'm. Speaking as someone who would have experience with that, yes, a hundred percent. You don't want to go. You don't want it to be like, hey, it doesn't taste the same as at home. You don't ever want to hear, hear somebody say that. Yeah. No, you're right. It's like a blanket. Maybe not like a warm, cuddly, soft blanket, but a blanket nonetheless that that can keep you warm. Keep when you warm. Cold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are light on football this weekend, but the football that we do have at the college rank is one of the great spectacles in all of college sports. Maybe the greatest. We'll talk about Army-Navy when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort studios. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. Oh, 
November 27th, 1926, the Army-Navy game was held in Chicago for the National Dedication of Soldier Field as a monument to American servicemen who had fought in World War I. Navy came into the game undefeated. Army West Point had one loss that season. It was to Notre Dame, so the game would decide the national championship. There was no four-team playoff. There was no BCS. There was no bowl alliance. There was no uh, 12-team playoff, certainly. It was November 27th, and the national championship was hanging in the balance. It was played before a crowd of over 100,000 people in Chicago, and the game ended in a 21-21 tie, but Navy was awarded the national championship. There have been all kinds of crazy games. In 1963, shortly after the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, Jacqueline Kennedy urged the academies to play after there had been talk of canceling the game. It was originally scheduled for November 30th. They actually played it on December 7th, 1963, and it coincided with the 22nd anniversary of Pearl Harbor. They played the game that time at Philadelphia Municipal Stadium with 102,000 in attendance. Philadelphia has been the traditional home of the Army-Navy game. 89 of the 122 meetings between the two teams have been played in Philadelphia at three different stadiums. Originally, they chose Philadelphia because it was roughly halfway between Annapolis and West Point. And for decades, the Pennsylvania Railroad and its successors offered game day service to all Army-Navy games in Philadelphia. They put together a temporary train station constructed each year near Municipal Stadium on the railroad's Greenwich Freight Yard, the service, with more than 40 trains serving as many, 30, as, many as 30,000 attendees, was the single largest concentrated passenger rail movement in the country. It was originally played at Franklin Field, which is where the University of Pennsylvania plays, then John F.K. Stadium, which was previously Municipal Stadium, then Veterans Stadium, and now Lincoln Financial Field. That's where it will be played this weekend. But it's going to be taking a break from Philadelphia in the uh, in the coming years. The march on, the flyover, the Corps of Cadets, the midshipmen. Borky, I know this is one that you love. You, you, I think you had a friend that played in this game, I is did, that right? Yeah, four year, uh, I did, yeah. Well, I guess he was a four-year letterman, two-year starter for, uh, for West Point. Um, now flies helicopters. He's a pretty amazing person. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's remarkable. It, when you hear about what they go through, that's why I love this this game in particular so much. I mean, you know, I know it's not cool anymore, but I, I very much am am a quote unquote patriot. I love this country, and they are the best that we have to offer. Uh, Anthony was his name. Anthony was was the best, the the best person I've I've known, the most well put together, 
just in, just filled with class and hard work. And he was six foot three and could run really fast and was our only decent wide receiver in high school and just an all American guy. But his, sounds like he probably made pretty good grades too. Oh, was I mean, involved he, off the uh, off the sports fields. Absolutely. I mean, just he he was everything. I mean, you almost hated him because he was so awesome. Um, but the, this. These are a bunch of guys that will play on Saturday. In the era of college football that's filled with flash and social media and money and and all that stuff, these are a bunch of guys that have signed up to possibly die for us when you think about it. I mean, that's what they've signed up for. There's a lot of great things that come with a degree from West Point or the Naval Academy after you've served. I mean, it sets you up well, but that's what they have signed up for. They are willing to do that for us if called upon. And, I mean, the schedules are brutal. It's up at 5.30. You don't get back to your room till 10 o'clock at night. And it's straight to bed and then straight up, and it's all day, every day. It is constant, difficult educational work, military training and tactical training and football on top of that. And they play well. Like, these are good football teams generally. I mean, you want to play Army right now? I don't think so. Ask Oklahoma what it's like when Army comes to your place. It's not fun. So they're the best of us, willing to put their lives on the line for us. No flash, no pomp, no circumstance, nothing. Have the hardest schedules in college sports, and yet they still put on a show. It's it, I, I love this game so much. You, Hey, Dad, is this one that, that's appointment viewing for you as well? Yeah, I enjoy watching it, mainly because being the old, crotchety, uh, grumpy old person that I am, if you're going to sell me on a football game that I have no emotional attachment to, the easiest way to do it is tell me they're going to run the ball 90 times between the two teams. I'll show up for that every single time. They're going to run the power eye? They're going to have three backs in the backfield? Yes, I'm in, 100%. On, uh, on the Army football team, Let's talk about the Mississippians. You've got Chance Keith, who is a sophomore defensive back, 5 feet 11, 197 pounds. He is from Biloxi, so Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, I'm scrolling through. I understand that this is not the best radio, but there was not a better way to sort the entire roster. And the rosters, by the way, for Army and Navy are huge. And they have a ton of players. They obviously don't dress everybody, but a ton of players. That may be the only Mississippi player... On Army, I know Navy has got a couple, including uh, one from Oxford High School. Got to uh, talk with him earlier uh, this year. That was really cool for me, Borky. You remember back in late September or early October, I got to do an East Carolina game, but they were hosting Navy. Of course, Navy yeah. participates in the American Athletic Conference. And so <clears throat> we have Zoom calls early in the week, Wednesday. Usually Wednesday is when those happen. And so got about half an hour to spend with Ken Niamatololo and also 10 or 15 minutes with a couple of Army players, uh, one that was from, from Memphis and one that was from Oxford. And, and I think the media relations person knew where I was from. It was like, hey, we'll get you a couple of you know semi-local kids. It's incredible, man. But it's a different style of football, too. Yeah. And, you know, it's a tough watch. When it's not these guys. Like, Georgia Tech was a tough watch back when Paul Johnson... Well, he was winning games, too. It worked, but, you know, sometimes it, it becomes a slog. But, 
for for this one game, watching two teams go at it like this is actually uh, a, a lot of fun. It really is, and hopefully, and and I don't know if it will or not, but hopefully, there's snow falling because this game is just better when there's snow falling. Doesn't, doesn't look like it's, oh, snow. it's a shame. It's uh, doesn't doesn't look like there's going to be snow. It's going to be mid forties, and uh, weather's actually not going to be too bad. Uh, John Moore is a safety. He was a standout at Oxford High School and is on the uh, the Navy team. There are actually two kids from uh, Oxford that are on um, the Navy team. There's a, a defensive lineman as well. Uh, Possibly the uh, the greatest football player in Army history is from Mississippi, Doc Blanchard. Doc Blanchard? The famous Mr. Inside, who won the Heisman Trophy in 1945, played at, St- played at St- I can never say it right, St. Stanislaw down in uh, Bay St. Louis. Nicholas Rowan is an offensive lineman from Ridgeland, played at Madison Ridgeland Academy. He's a big boy, 6'1", 313, so a Mississippian that is on the uh, on the Navy roster. So there are at least three from Mississippi on uh, on Navy. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to uh, to cheer for Navy. I mean, it feels like, do you guys cheer for one side or the other? Uh, Army, because of, of my guy. Yeah, I always want Army to win. Yeah. I guess I kind of lean a little bit towards Army because my wife's cousin, uh, Clay Cromwell, defensive tackle, 6'3", 290. He's played a lot this year and uh, has played well, also from uh, Mississippi, Oxford High School grad. So so a couple of former Chargers. Oh, and Jacob Greenwood as well, another defensive lineman uh, from Canton, Mississippi, went to Germantown High School. So we've got four Mississippians on the Navy roster and one on the Army roster. So keep an eye out for those guys this weekend. It's so cool. And the process to get accepted to those schools is painstaking. Anthony had to sit down with a, a senator, and have a one-on-one meeting with the senator to get a recommendation letter that was required for admission. It's it's stuff like that that just blows my mind. Um, uniforms are going to be interesting this year as well. So uh, Navy is wearing, on one side of their helmet, is an astronaut in a spacesuit. NASA. And on the other side, it's got the NASA logo with like a, a very detailed picture of the moon because 54... Former Navy grads have become NASA astronauts. Army's uniform, a uh, very different theme, is honoring the uh, the first armored division, which was founded in 1940 in Kentucky, and they served in World War II. So they're wearing uh, uniforms that have the same uh, paint scheme as the tanks that they used, and uh, each player will have their their. Um... Oh gosh. Um... Their company, their unit patch, and their company on their helmet. So each player is going to look slightly different for Army, but with the same paint scheme. Are those green or brown jerseys? They're like greenish brown. I don't know how to describe them. It, it, it's not the most attractive color in the uh, no. in the the entire color wheel with bright yellow numbers on them for uh, for Army. Let's talk more about this game when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. For the 
soccer is not interesting, crowd. There's a match going on right now in the World Cup that would uh, perhaps speak to it's the contrary. Argentina leading 2-0 over uh, the Netherlands, who no. eliminated the United States, what, on Saturday morning. And the Netherlands drew within one in the second half, and then in stoppage time, like the very last moment of stoppage time, got the equalizer to tie it at two. And so now they are in uh, in extra time. What, two 15-minute periods? Is that right, Hayden? Yeah, they're about to be done with the, uh, the first one here. Yeah. So they are in the 115th minute of the match. If they do not, through double overtime, get a winner, then it goes to penalty kicks. Yeah. And then the drama really gets high. Today. Well, that's what happened earlier today with Brazil and uh, and Croatia. Unbelievable uh, finish there, and and the Croatians advance on penalties. The Brazilians, who were the favorites, are out. Yeah, and so two two things. One, I feel less sad about our group of twenty year olds losing to this Netherlands team after seeing them come back the way they did. Really good. They're and the Brazil Croatia thing. So. You guys don't listen to as much sports talk radio as I do, but every time there is a soccer event that we play in, blowhard sports talk radio guys, here's how to fix USA soccer coming up next, and and they're just completely and totally ignorant to it. After we lost to the Netherlands, that Monday was filled with, how can a country as big as ours lose to the Netherlands? Brazil has 200 and... What is it, 220 million people? And Croatia has yeah. four million, under 4 million people. So Brazil lost to the state of Alabama. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Borky, I listen to three hours of sports talk radio every weekday. Uh, but I mean uh, others. Oh, 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 no. I love how your mentions are filled with just one guy, but but a guy that thinks that that. Oh, I got two right now. Oh, you I got, got two? two on the hook. Well, the, these two guys yeah. that are so mad that we covered the player taking a direct shot at his head coach in his transfer <clears throat> portal announcement story yesterday, and well, it's like if you knew how other like like big markets would have covered that story, you would have pounded your head into a wall because it, it's not people like. In, in, some guys in Atlanta that I occasionally turn on could not possibly care less about nuance or considering multiple things or two things can be true at once. The guys that are mad at you seriously would have driven their head into a wall listening to how big markets handle stuff like that. I think it's garbage, personally. I'm glad we do it the way we do. But if you think that what we do is wrong, you're lucky we don't do it the way most other people do. I was trying to see what you guys were talking about on Twitter, and I realized I had that guy muted already. So (laughs) you're ahead of the curve. There we go. The 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 one guy that bothers me is he gave me the whataboutism of, well, all these Alabama players are going in the portal. Never mind that they're a bunch of scrubs, and state lost two key players. He's like, why aren't anybody talking about them? So I just asked him. I need to know how many Alabama writers you follow, because certainly you weren't expecting me and the rest of the MSU beat writers. To talk about Alabama. You couldn't have been coming to us for that information. So are you telling me the Alabama guys aren't talking about their transfers? And when he says, I don't follow any, I'm, I'm going to be like, then how the hell do you know what's being said about the Alabama people? You don't. You're just not very bright. Also, we did talk about that 
like on Tuesday, yeah, I, mean, I think, of what's going on at Alabama because seven players hit the portal and a couple of them got a few starts this year. That's weird. Yeah. Was it thing but that if, we, if you're a major contributor, if if Judkins hits the portal, we're going to talk about it here on yeah. this show, this very show. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, <shut laughs> I, I am happy to the see that. I, I was able to view the tweet. Yeah. Uh, hey, Dad, this guy didn't expect it from you, and he's disappointed you in you. And did, did you notice how your partners, that's us, mm-hmm. were hammering on you the guys. Discord, and you fed Discord. the beast, and we suckered you in? Suckered you in. Right. Yeah, I was I was suckered in. The other guy is mad because when Buki Watson tweeted he was in the portal, I just said, man, what a night. And then he's talking about me tweeting falsehoods. I'm like, I said, man, what a night. That was yeah. a true statement. It was a, it was a hell of a night. We didn't talk about that yesterday. And, and speaking of, uh, people on Twitter are, are just amazing because I asked the question, why would you do that to your own people? Why are you trolling your own people, man? You know emotions are high. And you got everybody worked up. And those are the people that are also paying for for your name, name image and likeness uh, salary that you're getting this season. But why would you do that to them? He's a college kid. It's fine. Whatever. But I said that, and somebody was like, well, well, Lane Kiffin, why didn't you talk about Lane Kiffin? It was like, I said on statewide radio that he was a petulant child. What are you coming at me for? Like, I'm the wrong tree to bark up, dude. But anyway, yeah, we didn't talk about that yesterday. Don't troll your own fans, man. What are you doing? Uh, Frank sent me a text message. Good buddy, friend of the show, uh, has been involved with Cotton State's baseball for a long, long time. You've heard us talk a lot about Cotton State's baseball through the years. Graduated from Navy in 1986. He said, I love Philadelphia in the snow. And, uh, yeah, I think we all agree on Man, so was it, hmm, what was it, Borky? How many years ago? Five years ago? Was it the 2017 or the 2018 game when we got the really good snow in Philadelphia? Oh, man, what yeah, was that? Yeah, it sounds right. I think it was 2018. Jane so and I, I were actually in New York that weekend. And it 2017. Kind of yeah, 2017. That's right. Oh, I'm wrong. And Army oh. was wearing all white. You couldn't see them on the field from the it television. Was, it was spectacular. I mean, Army was, was wearing camouflage. Why would that be surprising? That's, just, that's what they wear every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at a picture right now. I forgot about this. It literally, uh, you can see a couple of guys' arms, but it looks like Navy is lined up against nobody. <laughs> There's just nobody there. Uh, let's see here. Mike in Grand Bay says, I am former Navy, so go Navy. We get a message that says, the first... Armored division patch has three colors, blue for infantry, red for artillery, yellow for cavalry. Cavalry, sorry. He says, go Army, beat Navy. That's from Colonel Morgan. Uh, Jimbo says, as a former U.S. Coast Guardsman, I pull for Army. I've never been in a fight in an Army bar. (laughs) Okay. I'd love to hear the story about the fight you had in the Navy bar. Donald in Oxford says, bucket list. Number one, Army-Navy. Number two, Ryder Cup. Number three, Masters. And he says, this is by far number one. I can't think of something 
in terms of sports viewing that I would rather do than go to an Army-Navy game and then I'm going to do it in four years, even if I have to sell my house and my car, watch the United States in a World Cup game. That's my one and two. Uh, here we go. Dad in the Army, brother in the Navy. What do I do? That's on the ceasefire text line. How much do you like your brother? So you got to sort of go with dad, right? Uh, yeah, go stay, Army, stay beat Navy that. from a reconnaissance scout. Mm. Grew up in Philly. Army, Navy was so cool. They displayed military hardware on the streets leading to the stadium. Jason from Tupelo, my son's in the Army, coming home next weekend for the holidays. We're pulling for Army. We're planning on going to the game next year. And next year, awesome, Jason, that game will not be in Philadelphia. It will be in suburban Boston, be at Gillette Stadium in New England. Uh, Chris in Iberville says, War Dam Navy. Mike in Oxford. Navy vet, go Navy beat Army. This is great. Ah, uh, so cool. Did you read Jason and Tupelo's? I did. Yeah, Merry Christmas. That's awesome. Yeah. Kelso says, go Air Force. I forgot who they're playing in the whatever bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Man, those those get me oh, too. Hold on, that's a that's a good matchup actually. I'm, I'm trying. I remember. I can't remember who's Air Force playing. Sorry, boy. Go ahead. I'll find it while uh, you uh, play uh, Baylor. Uh, oh yeah, that that should be good. That should be a good game. They um, sometimes my YouTube algorithm will get me into a military dad comes home. Or oh god! Or a military member comes home to their dog. The dogs get me too, and the dogs are freaking out, and like their tails are wagging so yeah. hard. You think their spine's gonna snap? Those you, you want to get me to cry? I, I I will on both of those, guaranteed. And I watch them, even though I know what's coming. I still watch them, and and it gets me every time. PKs between the Netherlands and Argentina. The Dutch firing first. And we have a save by the Argentinian goalkeeper. So, can't believe for they now, send Virgil Van Dyke up there first. For now, advantage. Here comes the man, Argentina. Here comes Messi. Do you like him going early, or would you hold him for late? You got to let him go quick because you don't know if he'll go fifth if they may not get a shot. That's yeah. true. Sports Talk Mississippi stream. This is a place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Messages coming. If you served in the Army or Navy, if you attended Army West Point or the Naval Academy, let us know. We, we would love to tip our caps to you this afternoon on the eve of Army Navy. I mentioned it a second ago. Even if you're not a soccer person, the drama right now 
in the World Cup quarterfinal between the Netherlands and Argentina is incredible. Argentina is three for three on their penalty kicks. But they just missed, and it is still alive. They lead 3-2 in penalty kicks over the Netherlands. The Dutch missed their first two and have made their, their next two. Argentina made its first three. The keeper guessed right, but the kick on this uh, this fourth try by Argentina was wide of the post. And and so they're both down to their final kick trying to advance to the semifinals. I this would, is the round of 16 for these two. I don't think I'd be able to stand up straight. My stomach would be in such knots I would have to like lean over and hunch, seriously. I don't know how fans emotionally can handle this. Ooh. I uh, gave him the old okey doke, Borky. He kind of faked like he was going one way, and then at the last second yanked it back to the left. And so they're tied at three, Argentina kicking to advance. Oh, I mean, incredible, right? Hey, and by the way, when Messi stepped up, he was the first one to kick. Well, what was the yellow card for? For celebration the, or something? Uh, the, I think the keeper came out to say something. Oh, okay. He didn't like that. He thought that that was a foul on the try. Uh, I, no, I, I, I think that he's came out to say something to the uh, the shooter. Oh, I could be wrong. Okay. All kinds of intimidation tactics in play. I mean, the keeper, the the the, the Dutch keeper is six foot eight. He doesn't need a lot of intimidation. When Messi had his turn a moment ago, he just he kind of he just like rolled it. Argentina advances as they make the final Ooh, kick. There it is. And they win 4-3 in penalties. That's, yeah, All right, we can move Messi on Messi kicked that in there like it meant absolutely nothing. Like he was just playing with his kids in the backyard. He the just kind of walked up to the ball. Yeah. And I think I think the keeper was expecting this, like, titanic blast. And Borky, he just kind of hit it. Just left of center, just rolled it in. It was like 1,001, 1,002. Oh, it's a score. He, he did that on their uh, their PK earlier, too. Just casual. I mean, that, that guy doesn't feel Very pressure. cheeky. This reminds me of, so I I replied to some, speaking of the aforementioned sports radio hosts that, you know, know nothing. Um, somebody said, Penalty kicks are a dumb way to end a game. How do you explain this to an, a regular sports fan? It's a, like hockey shootout. It, it's a hockey shootout because they, they do it in other sports. Yeah, It's not just that. I remember TJ Oshie. You guys remember that? In in Russia, 2014? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in, in hockey, in international hockey, the same guy can shoot them all. You don't have to alternate. The one guy can do it. Mm. So, so TJ Oshie by himself, and he got saved a couple of times, but what did he score? Four of six? And, and hockey's a little bit different because there's, you know, it's it's you and the goalie on the ice, and that's it. And and you get half the ice to, you know, skate up and, and take your shot. So it, it's more delayed. Like after Oshie gets the puck, he took another 10 seconds to get on goal. The, the pressure on that, it was like eight in the morning, too, watching that, beating Russia in Russia. By yourself, basically. He took every shot. Sports legend type stuff. I'll never forget that. That was 2014. Let's do a few of these shout-outs before we uh, we get to the break. want to hear from you. If you are a, uh, a serviceman or woman, 
especially if you went to uh, to one of the academies, but just period. Who you're cheering for this weekend, and if there's a story as to why, we'd love to hear that. Army-Navy game happening tomorrow in Philadelphia. Um, uh, let's see here. Jeff in Oxford. I'm Air, Air, uh, excuse me, Air Force, so they both stink. They were my brothers and sisters, and I would have died for any of them, but I love the interest service rivalry. And by the way, the Air Force Academy won the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy this year. Matt in Gulfport, Navy vet. He said, one of my division officers played football at Navy. Awesome man. Go Navy. Beat Army. That's Matt from Gulfport. Jason in Tupelo. Here we go. I mean, he's just going to punch us in the feels. Got one for you guys. My sister is in the Air Force, Lieutenant Colonel. And she's flying from Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany next weekend. Also, she and my son are flying into Memphis next Friday night. How good is that coming home for the holidays? Love it. Really uh, Billy in Ocean Springs. Didn't Ole Miss play Air Force in the Independence Bowl in the 80s? Ole Miss has played Air Force in the postseason three times that I can remember. Once in the Independence Bowl. I think that was who I think it was 83, and then played them twice in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. One more, Darren and Jackson. My submarine, the USS Henry Clay, SSBN 625, go Navy, beat Army. Navy vet. Thank you, Darren. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Free and easy with you on this Friday afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi. We're talking about the Army-Navy game. Talked a little bit about Argentina and their win over the Netherlands, setting up a Croatia-Argentina semifinal on one half of the bracket in the World Cup. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. Bruce Marshall will join us a little bit later in this 4 o'clock hour. We'll get his thoughts on some NFL games, maybe even peek at a little bit of basketball coming up this weekend. We are in the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Even if you're not up for wet golf right now, it'll dry out. It'll, it'll have some nice days in January, December, maybe later this month, where you can get out and play a little golf at either the Oaks or the Azaleas, two 18-hole championship courses, DancingRabbitGolf.com. That is where you go to book your tee time or plan your trip. Dancing Rabbit Golf, part of Pearl River Resort. You can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. We're going to do our best to get all of these in. Uh, we ask you to send in a, uh, send us a message if you served, if you are cheering for one or the other uh, in terms of Army and Navy this weekend and why you are doing that. So here we go. Uh, Ed in New Hope. 
Go Army, beat Navy. Second armored, uh, second armored division veteran. Bowen Starkville, my dad was in the Navy in Vietnam. I was in the Marine Corps in Iraq. Go Navy, beat Army. That's Bo and Starkville. Thank you, Bo. Uh, Kenny and Wesson says Army vet. Go Army, beat Navy. Uh, let's see here. Sergeant First Class Tatum, go Army. My son is a Marine, so go Navy. That's Tracy from Guntown. David says, Army vet, thank you, Navy, for transporting our equipment around. <laughs> I love the I love the military branch smack talk. Well, my husband was a submariner and our three sons were in the army, our oldest as an officer. So I will win either way. There you go. Bill and Sautillo, airborne army veteran, go army. Mitchell and Capaya County, two sons in the Marines, go Navy. No, you're proud of him, Mitchell. Thank you. Uh, think we got most of the rest of these. Uh, we know that the Air Force guy is going for Navy because he loved the seamen. Okay. No, not Navy Marine Corps vet, nineteen seventy-one to nineteen seventy-seven. That's O Town Mark. Paul Paul from Crowder says, Go Army, retired Army combat veteran. Here we go. We got more of them. Oh, these are coming in. Um, oh, Mike in Oxford sent us his uh, boot camp graduation photo. Mike, you look different than you do now. Any board? A little bit. I, I can see it, though. USS Briscoe, John Rambo for life, go Navy. Bruce in Oxford. My dad was in the Navy in World War II. Go Navy. Uh, actually, the Army has more vessels than the Navy. That's from Mike in Grand Bay. Jason says, save crayons. Go Army. Uh, Jeremy in Caledonia buried my Uncle David Guest at the Veteran Cemetery at Newton yesterday. He was a Navy veteran. Go Navy. It's good stuff. Good stuff all the way around. Do we just move on? Yeah. Yep. It's not what you think, though. It's just how it sounded. I know. I know. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395 if you want to be a part of the conversation this afternoon. Hey, then I got a question for you. Who's going to be the next athletics Listen. director at Mississippi State? What a good question. Thank um, you. I think they're I think they're getting down to the brass tacks of that search. Dr. Keenum, when we had him on uh, when we were in Starkville right after John Cohen left, you know, he made it pretty obvious and pretty evident he was going to keep a tight lid on things. Uh, and we, you know we probably wouldn't get a whole lot of official confirmation or or any kind of leaks until he was ready. Um, I think that all of the the evidence that I have points to former MSU. Uh, I believe he was the CFO for a time, 
now the current athletic director at Georgia Southern, Jarrett Binko. I, I feel like that's he's the number one candidate this time. I think uh, another former MSU guy, John David Wicker, is a candidate. Uh, he's currently the athletic director at San Diego State. So he's an alum. Um, I do I do wonder what the ramifications of the the scandal at San Diego State involving the punter and possible sexual assault. This felt like it was sort of an athletic department wide kind of thing. Have you seen the update on that though? He got they they got all. There's no criminal charges. Is that correct? Yeah. The um, they determined that there there was not evidence to to bring charges. So he's essentially you know cleared to resume his football career. Well, there you go. Um, and then the other name that I've heard and is Laird Veach. He was currently the uh, as Richard knows is currently the uh, the athletic director at the University of Memphis. That's an interesting one because I think you and I both would agree Memphis is kind of an athletic department that runs on the the generosity of of one man. Of uh, Fred Smith, the uh, the CEO of of FedEx. He puts a lot of money into that program. Whereas I, I you know, are you going to disagree? You don't think so? They play in the FedEx Forum, don't they? It, they do. They, they do. There is no question that there has been a great deal of support that has come from FedEx. Memphis is not where it is today without Fred Smith and FedEx, but it's not just FedEx. There, there are a handful of corporate entities that Memphis can thank for existing as an athletics department today. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what his – Resume would be like trying to, you know, fundraise at a school that doesn't, quite frankly, doesn't have a huge corporate sponsor backing them like that. But he, you know, a good athletic director. Memphis is a good athletic program, top to bottom. Binko, though, to me is is the odds-on favorite. I will be surprised if he's not eventually named to the job. I was trying to remember where Laird Veach worked. So he spent a lot of time at Kansas State. Let's say he started out as a grad assistant at Texas in the athletics department, then was at Missouri, and then Iowa State, and then worked at Learfield, and then Kansas State from 2006 to 2017, and then Florida from 17 to 19 as basically the number two there uh, under Scott Strickland, and then since 2019 has been the athletics director at Memphis. So he's he's seen big, successful programs and been involved in running those. Um, does it feel like Jared Binko might be the leader? Yeah, 100% to me. It feels like that's going to be the guy who ends up getting the job. Has the connections here at State, but has gone out and kind of branched out and has been successful at Georgia Southern. They, they From what I can tell, they really like him over there. They'd like to keep him, but obviously being an SEC job, it's going to be difficult to do that. So... I will, I will go on the record and tell you that if we were five years down the road, they would just hand it to Red Hobart. But, unfortunately, I think he's still a little too young. Yeah. I, I do know that that both so, – so you were talking about Jared Binko. Did a good job when he was at Mississippi State and has left. Has made a couple of moves, right, to, to run departments. He's thought of highly within the industry. Mm-hmm. And Laird Veach is also. Um, I, ooh. I mean, I don't know what Laird, Laird Veach's career goals are. I, I don't know where he wants to be. But I would think that the opportunity to make a move from 
running the Memphis Athletics Department in the American Conference, after hoping to see them get one of these invites to the Big 12, being able to leave that to run an SEC Athletics Department, given the opportunity, I would think that that would be a no-brainer. What does he feel about name, image, and likeness? Is he going to embrace it? Oh, Memphis has very openly reached out to its donors and said, basically, if we want to compete, you have to give. <clears throat> good. That's a good and, sign. And from what I can tell with Binko at Georgia Southern, it's been he's been very proactive trying to get NIL programs in place there. Good. Can't have reluctance in this game anymore. And, None. And, and you can't start with baseball. I know we love baseball. You can't start with baseball. You're right. Football's got to drive the bus. Football's got to win the day. It drives a dozen buses. <laughs> it drives all the buses. Yeah. Drives the aircraft carrier to keep it on the Army Navy uh, theme. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi. More coming up with you after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. In Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. We're going to try and continue to um, mention the guys and gals that send us in a message about their service in either the Army or the Navy in honor of Army-Navy happening tomorrow. 32 years in the Army. That's Hutch from the 662. He says, his graphic is, how about a nice cup of Go Army, beat Navy. There you go. Love it. Um, Roger in Water Valley says, My mother-in-law and I bet a quarter every year. She was from Rhode Island where Navy had a big presence and her husband was in the Army during World War II. They always had that bet, so I took over his spot. My mother-in-law is 102. All I can say is go Navy. That's really cool. Mother-in-law is 102. And bets on the Army Navy cool. game every year. That's <laughs> awesome. Maybe that's the secret. Maybe so. Uh, my cousin Coleman Dinkins is a cadet at West Point. Works with the mules on the sideline. My father is a Vietnam vet, as a forward artillery observer. The Big Red One. Go Army, beat Navy. Maverick is the mes- best movie of all time. Go Navy. <laughs> Hey, whatever your reasons, right? Yeah. Somebody sent us a picture of both sets of jerseys. Borky said, I usually go with whichever jersey combo I like better each year. Going Navy this year. Likes the NASA tribute. Which set of uniforms do you guys like better? Armies. I don't like the hand-painted helmet thing. That's not my favorite. And astronauts are cool, don't get me wrong. I mean, space exploration, awesome. I'm very interested in that. I took one, 
one, uh, astronomy class in college, and my mind was absolutely blown. Uh, Luca Bombelli? Luca Bombelli? Is that who you had? Yes! Yes! He was the man. (laughs) Loved that guy. Bombelli was great. Uh, Just blew my mind. Uh, It's hard to fathom space. So, loved it. However, um, honoring a bunch of dudes in tanks in World War II, cooler than astronauts. Fair. Uh, Army vet. First calf, Fister. Go Army. That's from Damon and Pearl. Uh, Brian from Tom Nolan, Army veteran, OIF3. Go Army. Good stuff all the way around. The Navy has the second largest Air Force in the world. So, Chase and Amory reached out to us on the ceasefire text line. And Borky, he was talking about Marcel Reed. Marcel Reed's been committed to Ole Miss for a long time. Quarterback out of Nashville at NBA. Uh, led them to a state championship game. I think they lost in the state championship game last weekend or two weeks ago. Reportedly visiting Auburn. This weekend? Yeah, also Texas A&M's uh, in the mix as well. He's been committed okay. to Ole Miss for a long time, but still taking visits. And his profile's gotten bigger and bigger. He's had a really good senior year in high school, and yeah. so his profile has grown. But Chase was talking about something related to NIL, and you said maybe there was a misunderstanding. Yeah, he, he put on Twitter, uh, forgive me if I'm paraphrasing incorrectly, it's a very short sentence, he, he said, I think, what's the word, hashtag NIL. And I, based on, I, I talked to somebody that, that covers old Miss Recruiting earlier, and he said, the state of Tennessee enacted a law that allows high school kids, if you can believe it, to benefit from their name, image, and likeness, and, and that happened uh, either yesterday or early today. And that apparently is what he was referring to. Not, hey, Auburn, pay me more. It was, hey, I can get paid right now. What's the word, guys? I just took you know, we just went to the state championship. Who, who's got me? Kind of thing. Now, I, I think you're right. But if that's not what he was referring to, yeah, it doesn't matter. If he was referring to, what's the word, NIL? <laughs> yeah, I've been committed to Ole Miss, and I'm still good to go to school there. But I'm also open for business. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason he's going to Auburn and A&M, right? Yeah. Auburn's desperate. Texas A&M's the richest program in the country. Can Hugh Freeze do anything other than copy Ole Miss? Dude, it's bizarre at this point. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, Come on, let's hey, just Dad. be honest with ourselves. Come here. on, man. Let's just be honest with ourselves. All he did was he copied other people when he was at Ole Miss. Win the day. He got that from Oregon. Yahtzee, he stole that from Kentucky. I mean, that, that's what the guy does. He's a fake, a fraud, a charlatan, a snake oil salesman. Do I need to continue with the descriptors? I mean, I won't stand in your way. I could. Yeah, I mean, why are they? Oh my God, he freezes copying from somebody. No, I mean, I was kind of being flippant when I said that, but basically, he is putting together a staff that is built from his former staff at Ole Miss and current staff members at Ole Miss, and now it's like, hey, who's Ole Miss got committed? Oh, let's go after those guys. And you know, I've which doesn't make him unique, by the way. Ole Miss has got a really good recruiting class put together, and 
Lane Kiffin's built a pretty good staff, so yeah. you know you you got to build one. And and A and M's after Marcel Reed too. He's a good player. It's it's not like, um, but but I have had people ask me, you know, is is he recruiting Marcel Reed for like revenge against Ole Miss? Is he going to come into the state <clears> and, and get revenge? And I thought, if that is the case, if he is somehow angry or mad at Ole Miss, then that is the most misguided anger imaginable. It could have gone so much worse for that guy. And he was protected. Oh, God, I'm going to love having Freeze in the conference, Michael. I'm going to oh, love I, it so much. He was protected. It could have been worse. And he was protected. Yeah, he had to walk away from $16 million. I mean, they were going to fire him, so either way he wasn't getting it. <coughs> but he was able to leave with some degree of dignity because of the way Ole Miss handled it. Did, did you see the story today that Bobby Petrino, head coach at Mississippi, uh, Missouri State, <laughs> is a candidate to be Texas A&M's offensive coordinator? I can't. I, I just. I just love it. I love it so much. Just please surround yourselves with as many train wrecks as you can. SEC West opponents of Mississippi State. <laughs> I mean, you know. Whatever you can do to, to screw it up, I'm in favor of. Let's get you know, let's get Kendall Bryles out of Arkansas and Art Bryles in there, and let's just let's just go for broke. I saw somebody suggest that Mac Brown should go after Kendall <clears throat> Bryles. I thought that is interesting. That would be a good fit with Drake May. Yeah. I, I'm all about it. Um, big numbers next year. Dale from the Delta says, Cross and Borky sound like scorned lovers. That's more of an Ole Miss thing, the whole sip shtick. Hey, Dale, I I, I don't know if you heard or not, but when the whole snake oil salesman, snake, charlatan, backstabber, that that was from Brian Haydad. I didn't say backstabber. I couldn't remember all the words you used. It felt like it would. He might have been. I don't know. I'm confused by the first half of that message, though. What? what, what how, mm. how does that apply at all? I get it. Talking badly 100%. about a former Ole Miss head coach makes you sound like a scorned lover, like you're jealous. jealous. I think that's what he's implying. I get it. I get it. I, I think that fits both of you like a, like a, like a glove. Yeah, you know, maybe I shouldn't go this far. I don't like when people use religion as a way to benefit personally. I don't oh, think that well, I don't think that's what I, it teaches. I have so. terrible news for you. Oh, I know. I mean, trust me. I, live I know. In a country where it's an industry. Yeah, I, I know. And it, you know, and now that I have been personally involved, going on a year now, and I'm pretty proud of that actually. Um, you know, I, I, I am more not personally sensitive involved. in in going in, in church and, and oh, oh, having okay. that be a part of my life. Yeah, um, I, I am. I don't know if sensitive is the right word, but I am more aware, and it bothers me more when I see people enact that to like gain political favor. Um, when politicians pretend like they are when they really aren't to gain votes, that bothers me. When people do it to profit, that bothers me. When people do it to try to skirt bad things that they've done, that that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. That's more of what it is, Dale. Or Pat. We're starting referring to him as the Reverend Borky, by the way. No, please don't. I'm not. No. The right Reverend, too. The right Reverend of Michael Borky. 
Brothers and sisters. Somebody pointed out the uh, Mike Bianco speech to his team from 2017 that Auburn has used as a graphic for a Hugh Freeze thing as well. I mean, that's one of those. I saw that. Did Bianco make that quote? Is that a Bianco quote? No, that's yes. Well, he he used it in a speech, but it's from like a coaching leadership book. Okay. I mean, they use a book every year that he. I want. I want. I want to attribute it to, to Bianco just so we can have that fun. Oh, okay. I'm. I'm I'm not mad at you for that. We'll be back. Bruce, All right, uh, Bruce is next. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Yeah! So the NFL weekend last night got started. Got started in Los Angeles. Rams hosting the Raiders. Raiders led the game 13-3 to at the half. Rams probably should have had a touchdown on the board, if not for a, uh, for a fumble. And then it was 16-3. to with about three minutes to go in the game. Stop me if you've heard that score recently, like on Monday night. No. No? Yeah, it was 60. Okay, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> and then two touchdowns in the final three minutes from the Rams. Baker Mayfield, after practicing one time for about an hour with the Rams, leads them to a comeback win last night over the Raiders. Bruce Marshall joins us right now from the Gold Sheet, goldsheet.com. What a game that was last night, Bruce. We, we didn't think we would see it again. We saw it on Monday night with Tom Brady with, with the Bucks coming back. And then we get it again on Thursday night with Baker Mayfield, maybe even more unlikely. I know. I was floored, uh, although I didn't watch it. I am actually over in Switzerland right now, uh, believe it or not, with my grandbabies. Uh, so Wonderful. I'm doing my work over here in Lugano. But I woke up this morning and saw that score, and I couldn't believe it because we released the Raiders last night. And I didn't think Mayfield was, you know, that they would put him in uh, because after just signing him on Tuesday. So that that kills the Raiders this year, by the way. They were in a position where they could have actually made a run at a playoff spot. I guess it's, they're still technically in it, but, man, that one hurt because that figured to be a game they could win, and that would have put them at 6-7. and seven. So I think, yeah, Mayfield was the story immediately in that, but the bigger deal there was it really damages the Raiders who look like they were putting a nice win streak together. Bruce, I didn't know that we were bothering you in Switzerland, so my apologies. But no, you're not It's bothered. good to talk. No, I just did the show with Brett in Memphis, too, so no problems. Very good. You got snow? I did. We got snow today. Yeah, we did. Wow. In the battle. Yep. That's incredible. Uh, what a great spot for uh, for some time away in December. So let's talk about a few of these other NFL games. I- I'm intrigued by the number on the Vikings-Lions game. Detro- uh, Detroit's 5-7, and seven, but they've been competitive. They've played hard for Dan Campbell. The Vikings are 10-2, and two, and yet Detroit is a two-point favorite at home in this game. 
I know it's a it's a little bizarre, um, and but I thought this game be around Pickham, and that's what opened, and now it's been more betting on Detroit because they've been cashing tickets here. They've been the best point spread team in the league since last year. Now they got to win this game to obviously get the money here, uh, but they're hot. They've won four out of five, and the one they didn't when they covered the Buffalo game on Thanksgiving. You're seeing Jared Goff put up some really good numbers. Amon Ra. Uh, Williams running the ball. I mean, they are playing much, much better, and they're winning games. They're not out of the NFC wild card race yet. And I think there's a lot of people still unconvinced about the Vikings, who have had so many close games this year. One score wins. I think the only one they didn't, they there was no one score win, was right out of the box. I think the uh, I think the Green Bay game was it. So they've had a lot of close games this year, and uh, the Dallas loss still sticks in people's minds because that wasn't that long ago, and they weren't competitive. I mean, they're. Their point differential is about even for a team that's 10 and 2. That is very rare. So the bottom line is they haven't been that convincing. And, you know, Detroit is not out of the NFC playoff picture yet. They got the extra wild card now from last year. Um, and, uh, what their game out at the last spot going into this weekend. I think they got a shot here. 31 27 Detroit. This offense is percolating. And I remain unconvinced about the Vikings. Uh, maybe I'm wrong there, but, uh, for some reason, I, I, I just, they just don't blow me away. Bruce, if you were in Philadelphia, Mississippi, not Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Mississippi, and you walked out on the floor of the Golden Moon Casino on a hopping Saturday night, and you walk by the roulette wheel, you know there's a chance that you'd, you'd have, see one of those scoreboards where like 14 or 15 or 16 times in a row the same color it hit, and you look at it and you go, there's no way it hits again. And yet sometimes it does. So I'm looking at 16 straight unders, for a game that's being played in a different Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, tomorrow for Army Navy, 16 straight times the under is hit. It's 32 and a half this game. Will the under hit again tomorrow? Well, uh, the secret's out on these commander in chief games. They go under, not just this one. I mean, Army, uh, the Air Force games do too. Uh, 43 9 and 1 the last 18 years under in commander in chief games. This year, the two involving Air Force, earlier 13-10, 13-7. Normally, you only get totals like this in NFL preseason games or maybe a game involving Iowa, but they're really pushing this down now. Um, But for a reason, I mean, we we talked about this, I think, last month in the Army Air Force game. When these teams, these, these service academies run in a similar offense, the option, they run the ball a lot. They run a lot fewer plays per game, too. Uh, Army uh, Air Force had 115 plays. Uh, Air Force Navy had 111. An SEC, ACC game on the 150s, maybe up to 160 snaps. So there's like one quarter less of snaps in these games, and that all figures because of the options, and they don't throw in. There's no incompletions, and the clock moves. But that's a real selling point for an under. So I just keep doing it here. I think Navy can win this game. The number has moved. People are betting Navy a little bit, too. And keep this in mind, too. The, the, uh, uh, the schedule Navy has played in the American, way, way tougher and they've all, they've all got Notre Dame every year they've got to play. Army's got a better record, but I think the betting public sees through that. That's why they've made Navy a slight favorite here. So 16-10, my score forecast Navy. And, yep, you bet I'm going under uh, another time in a row. Why not? Let's, uh, let's make them hit over once before we change our mind on that. You, you know, the only thing that I might push back on there is that Army's defense has not been very good. And it, I just I wonder if this is a year where Navy can score a little bit. But I guess, I mean, even... 21 to 10 is under. 
You're right, and and that, that's it's a good case. Uh, Army, I thought that into the Air Force game too, and that that ended up being a real slow paced game. I'm a little worried because Army's offense is really the, the option has gotten going the last couple of weeks, and they put up some big numbers. They haven't played in three weeks, but uh, against uh, UBass and UConn, they put up some big numbers. Uh, so it does worry me. And and a couple of the past Army Navy games in the last uh, fifteen or so years would have gone. Um, would have gone over this total. Uh, they went 38 three years ago, and there have been some games in the 30s uh, that didn't get over. They've pushed this thing down as low as it's been. That's the thing that bothers me, too. But I'd still do it until we get an over here. Let's just keep playing the unders. Bruce, have you ever been to that game? 2004 um, is at the link, and it was cold. And uh, um, very cool because Air Force One came in. As President, uh, this is W. Bush came in, and he, you know, he, the, the Air Force One sort of dipped the wing coming in over because that's sort of on the approach and the over the link. And then uh, he showed up, and you know, it's really something you got to go. This is a bucket list thing once, and just to hear the the buzz you get of the cadets and the midshipmen, the brigades, and they never shut up the whole game, and it's it's kind of cool. I want to switch gears with you one time before we do that, uh, Bruce. Tell people where they can get your picks. Even when you are in Switzerland, the Internet makes the world a small place. It does. I might as well be back home in Las Vegas doing this. Uh, uh, Goldsheet.com. Now, we're doing the basketball publication every day. And got uh, Friday's picks up there now. We'll have Saturday's tomorrow. And, of course, the football's up there for this weekend. And our first real big bowl issue will be next week. We'll do that over a few weeks. But... Uh, that'll come up on a Tuesday next week. Goldsheet.com, my picks there, also at Vegas Insider and DonBest.com. Very good. So let's switch gears to basketball just for a second. Maybe a, a quick thought on what you've seen from Chris Jans in his first year at Mississippi State. They've got a game uh, in Minneapolis coming up later this weekend, I guess on uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, um, I'm still trying to figure out where they fit in the SEC hierarchy here, and where they, I, you know, they're in that second tier, and the first tier, you know, there's it's there's some real contenders there, uh, national contenders. There's five or six of them in there that I think will be, uh, you know, will be there uh, have a real chance in in March, and I think uh, what Jans is doing is uh, getting position Mississippi State to be. You know, competitive here in the league. Uh, the schedule hasn't been all that brutal, but eight and zero is eight and zero. We'll find out a little bit. I, they can beat Minnesota tomorrow. Minnesota has not had a great start. I guess Marquette was the best win, maybe Utah, but um, they. I mean, they could end up hitting the SEC at eleven and zero when they start league play at the end of the month. So so far so good, but the, the schedule has worked out well, and that's that's the one thing in a lot of these teams. And by the way, this works for Houston tomorrow too. I don't think Houston's schedule's been all that tough either. That's why I think Alabama might have a a, a shot tomorrow uh, against uh, Houston. But uh, we'll find out a little bit more about the uh, about the Mississippi State as we go. But uh, I mean, Toby Smith had a real nice start this season, and uh, that's a, that's a big plus for uh, for Mississippi State. But. Uh, they could be 11 and 0 by the time we get into the SEC. So the schedule though is going to get really hard once you get to league play, and that's when the rubber meets the road. No question. We'll let you go. I'm curious. Anything on the board tonight or tomorrow that you really like? Yeah, I would. I think Alabama is going to be interesting tomorrow against Houston. That was the best game of the year. I think last year that one Alabama won by a point. Uh, last second game buzzer. I mean, that was really a great game. Uh, Brandon Miller, the, the freshman, they're looking really good. And uh, Sears coming down from Ohio U, 
I think Alabama's got a shot tomorrow against Houston. How about this one tonight? Queens College, Charlotte, up from D2, where they won 30 games last year. They're in the A-Sun now. They've won 7 of 9. They score over 81 the game. High point. Tubby Smith's old team, his son, Gigi, now coaches the team. He's got these guys running. High point scoring 86 per game. Total about eh, 153, 154. They can go over this tonight. By the way, uh, High Point just beat a really good Furman team on the road the other night, 85-82. So they're scoring a lot of points. And I think this one is over. My first recommendation ever for Queen College in Charlotte, and it's an over tonight. Thanks, Bruce. Best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Christmas, it's the best time of the year. Now, I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas, and when you walk down the street, say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. It's a pretty good night of hoops in the uh, the, the Northeast. You got Stony Brook and Bryant. Binghamton and Fordham. Fairleigh Dickinson is at Columbia tonight. FDU a one-point favorite in that one. Dartmouth and Central Connecticut. Did Bruce Marshall really give us the over in the Queens College, actually Queens University, but Queens College and High Point? He basically took us for a bunch of degenerates. That's what just happened there. He's like, these guys will bet anything. Just like, man, is there anything on the board you like tonight? He's like, yes, as a matter of fact, there is. (laughs) Queens College. Had Vandy favored at home by 14 tonight against Grambling. Vandy has not been very good this year. Five and four to uh, start the season. They are coming off a win over Pittsburgh. Kevin Stallings. Uh, I said their class. former coach is now the former coach at Pittsburgh also. You know what's crazy? Yeah. Florida State and Louisville have a combined one win. Louisville is trash. Ooh. Like bad, bad, bad. And their they're coach said so today bad. that they're not at rock bottom. <laughs> Keep digging, Kenny. What is rock bottom then? Man. Uh... Louisville and Florida State play each other tomorrow in a conference game. 0-8 Louisville, yep. 0-1 in the league, 1-9 Florida State, 0-1 in the league. Florida State's a 9.5-point favorite. Listen to this. So, Louisville, we, we might should have known something when they lost to Bellarmine in the season opener by one. And then they lost to Wright State by one. And then they lost to App State by one. Okay, now they're snake bit. They're 0-3. Three. three losses by a combined three points. Then they got boat raced by Arkansas. And then Texas Tech beat them 70-38. to I think both of those were in Maui. And then Cincinnati beat them by 19. And then Maryland beat them by 25. And then Miami beat them by 27. They're not just losing. They are getting absolutely skull-dragged every time they step on the floor. How bad do you have to be as a team to be nearly a double-digit underdog to a 1-9 team? 
I mean, that, that says it all. This is Louisville, by the way. Louisville. This is not, you know, random directional university. This is one of the best college basketball programs in history. Oof. Man, and Leonard Hamilton's done such a good job at Florida State. Their only win is against Mercer. They beat them 81-72. <laughs> Florida State like was, I guess, in that years, tournament. Florida State's been one of the best programs in the ACC. Now they're yeah. awful. Yeah. They were in that tournament that Ole Miss played in in, in Orlando because they had losses to Siena and Stanford. Those are two teams that Ole Miss beat down in Orlando at the, the Disney tournament. Hmm. I'll be honest, I don't know where Siena is. Well, either. Wasn't it Siena that Ole Miss lost to in a round of 32 game under Andy Kennedy? That was LaSalle. Oh, yeah. Siena is in... New York. I would have Loudonville, New York. Hmm. That's LaSalle. It feels like every university you don't know is in New York. There's a lot of colleges in New York. They're all small, though. Except for like uh, Syracuse, Buffalo's I don't know. Like some of the Sunni. Well, I mean, in terms of big. athletics, like NYU, oh, NYU yeah. is a massive school, but you know, they don't have any sports. Yeah. Um. Mike in Oxford says, anybody among those teams going to put up one hundred eleven three points? Three there, points. Did you see that last night? Yeah. Didn't take a two. Shot forty percent, like they're good at it. If you're going to shoot forty percent from three, shoot threes. I mean, it's an extra point every time. Just shoot it. Analytics say the mid range is coming back to the NBA, though. I love to see it. I love a good mid range yeah. game, and it's coming back slowly. <clears throat> Jason tells us uh, Bruce joined us from Switzerland which is where one of his daughters live, and they go one one or two times a year. Jason says it might snow in Vegas during uh, coming up on Sunday night. Big storm coming. Send that our stays way. near your villa in Stad. Do you love to go to Switzerland one day? I would love to go. That seems like a great place for me to go. A, a land of people whose favorite two foods are cheese and chocolate. Yeah, I'll go. And they're not really looking to fight anybody. No, it's laid back. I bet there's a lot of great Swiss beers up there in the Alps. I'd probably have a great time. Five o'clock hour is on the way. Mention it easy. Just kind of loose and easy on a Friday with you. Nothing off the board. I will tell you we've got the college football fix when we come back. Then a food Friday, and then we'll ease into the weekend after that. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. One hour left. We'll be right back. Sports Talk. Sports Talk Mississippi. To the junction, in the groove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Way to start the five o'clock hour, isn't it? Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, thank you for being with us. 
Welcome to the weekend. Want to be a part of the conversation? You can join us on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. That is the number. If you want to give your business the edge, get gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals. They live right where you do, right here in ceasefire country. That simply means if something goes wrong, which is rare because the reliability is like 99.99% on ceasefire's gigabit internet fiber. But in the event that something crazy does go wrong, that one one thousandth of a percent of a time, they're right there to help you, to get it fixed, to get you back online, to get you going, because that's what your business needs. Check them out online, cspire.com slash business. Be sure to check out if you're out and about looking for something to do this weekend. How about the uh, sports book at the Golden Moon Casino? Got a lot of NFL coming up on Sunday. Bunch of college hoops coming up tomorrow. Army, Navy tomorrow as well. Check them out, PearlRiverResort.com, the Golden Moon Casino. That's where the sports book is. All right, time right now for the College Football Fix. You missed it earlier. You're going to be able to file, file this one under wait. What? College Football Fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to BuyFordNow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. 2022 or the 2023 F-150 available at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Test drive one today. You didn't hear us say this earlier. Listen up. Because <laughs> you're probably going to laugh. Bobby Petrino, former head coach at Louisville, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, again a head coach at Louisville, head coach at Arkansas, Rode out of town on a Harley, wasn't really invited back, got back into the game. Current head coach at Missouri State, candidate to be the offensive coordinator under one Fisher, comma, Jimbo at Texas A&M. Tell me more. Tell me more. Well, let's, let's look at this from two different perspectives. From a football-only perspective, Bobby Petrino is one of the best play callers in all of football. The man knows how to run innovative offense. He knows how to incorporate the passing game. His teams can run the ball effectively. He is an outstanding offensive coach. But, and they say that nothing you say after but, you know, should should work, but unfortunately, with that said, is the most important. That being with that said, said, with all with all due respect, uh, Bobby Petrino is another bad human being, um, which seems to be a theme in the SEC West these past couple of hires. Uh, I don't know if it's like you know, I don't know if Greg Sankey mandated that or anything. It's like, hey, could you you know hire more scumbags, make it a little bit more interesting around the office? We're not getting enough fine money in. Um, but Petrino's not a good person, and I'm sure it'll end as well as everything else has ever ended for Bobby Petrino, which is poorly at literally every stop he's had. I I would submit to you as perhaps a counter to your he is a great offensive tactician. Hmm? Missouri State this year averaged 27 points a game. It's not very good in today's college football world. I mean, they they ran it for 119, State, and they threw it for 248. 
I'm I'm willing to look at his past resumes at Arkansas and Louisville and say that he's a good play caller. Has the game changed with the way that he calls plays? Possibly. I'll, I'll let you know at the end of this season. So the Aggies are looking for a new offensive coordinator after firing Daryl Dickey on November 28th. Dickey had been the program's offensive coordinator since 2018. Their offense sputtered for long stretches, ranking 64th nationally in yards per play. So is Jimbo going to turn the offense over to somebody else? Is that what I'm supposed to believe? Because I don't think Daryl Dickey was calling plays. I think those 14 pieces of paper that Jimbo was shuffling around on the sidelines were the plays that he was calling. Yeah. Can he relinquish control? Also, Christmas is coming up. Maybe Jimbo just wants uh, to to get a gift from Bobby Petrino. Forgot about this. The the, the lady on the motorcycle when he had the Mm -hmm. accident. He gave her a twenty thousand dollar a Christmas present that was just twenty grand. It's twenty thousand dollars. Merry Christmas. So maybe Jimbo just wants to keep him around because he's a phenomenal gift giver. Is that cash or a check or what? Doesn't say. It was a. Uh, it was a. Oh, it says cash. Uh, traveler's check. Traveler's check. Twenty thousand dollar cash. Cash gift. So yeah. I mean, that's so, a good gift. That's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year round. I mean, I, I kind of want to be friends with the guy. Christmas is coming up. You never know. Eh, never mind. <laughs> Texas A&M's associate AD for football, Mark Robinson, who is Jimbo Fisher's what, chief of staff, right-hand man, served as Petrino's director of football operations at Arkansas from 2008 until 2011. Borky, why did your camera go out of focus? I don't know. Hey, I was trying to keep it. Yeah, I just texted him. Oh. I was just trying to keep it low-key there. and then I just, just whatever. Announced just, it for just, the world that once again we have technological issues. No, we really, really. It's just a focus thing. It's not a big issue. What, um, we, we have talked very little about the bowl matchups and the college football playoff. When you look at the two semifinals... And we've got plenty of time to do it also. We know that. But when you look at the two semifinals, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, which one of those is going to be a better game? You call me crazy, I think Georgia, Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State is talented. They have the talent to go toe-for-toe, for a little toe toe-to-toe for a little while with Georgia. I think Michigan will, the way they play football is going to overwhelm TCU, I think. My, my only pushback on that would be Georgia plays a style that is far more similar to Michigan than anybody else Ohio State has played this year. And when Ohio State got faced with a physical hit-you-in-the-mouth, punch-you-in-the-mouth, wear-you-down offense, and that thing turned ugly in the second half. Got there quick. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea that, that TCU may just get overwhelmed by Michigan, may, you you may be right. 
But how many times this year have we kind of looked at TCU? Yeah, if it's the week they're going to lose. Probably going to lose this time. And they just kept not losing. And I know they lost a heartbreaker in overtime to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game most recently, but still, I don't know. Man, they won that game. Ball was clearly across the goal line. He scored a touchdown. That was a review failure. Complete and total failure. Is that regulation or overtime? That was overtime. Overtime. Because remember, Kansas State, all they had to do was kick a field goal to win. Kick a field goal, yeah. Yep, yep. Hmm. I mean, let's. I mean, if we asked this question like four weeks ago, we would, and we're thinking we're getting Georgia, Ohio State in the semis. We're like, oh my gosh, that'll be a Titanic matchup. He lost power. We lost him. The technical issues just keep on coming. I mean, we we are just crawling into this weekend, but that's okay. We'll get to talk right. food in a second. That that'll that'll reset things. Absolutely. We do have a Food Friday coming up, presented by Polks and PolksMeat.com. A couple of other things. What's going we got on here back? with the technology? Today. I'm back now. There's rats biting the cords or something. There better not be rats. I will get out of here. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't deal with the rodent. Did, have I told you guys a story about the exterminator in my house in Jackson? Tell it. No. So so we lived in Bellhaven, me and, and two of my buddies, and there were rats in the house. And, buddy, they were rats. They were not mice. They were freaking rats. Huge, like shockingly huge animals. The exterminator discovered... Sure, they were rodents of unusual size. Uh, if they were nutrient, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But the exterminator discovered that they were coming up through the, the laundry room, which is really just kind of in the hallway, from from underneath the house. And so he sealed off where they were coming from and put poison in the laundry room. So the rats came up into our house, ate the poison, couldn't leave the house, and died throughout the house. So we had to wait till they all started smelling before the we could stench. find them to get them out. There I was, was like, how'd that smell? There was four rats, and they all started smelling at different times. So we had to wait to smell dead animal before we could remove them because he plugged the hole before they were dead. Were they all just... Readily available there in the laundry room? No, they were all throughout the house. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. Friday afternoon, the 9th of December, rolling into the weekend. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Reminder that Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Still trying to figure out to do uh, what to do for Christmas for that hard-to-buy-for-someone-in-your-life 
Let Genteel Apparel help. You can go to their website, genteelapparel.com, and uh, find plenty, plenty of options. Great-looking golf shirts, pullovers, outerwear. Maybe you're looking for a coat or a vest or these just wonderful pants. They've got the the five-pocket pants that are super lightweight and several different color options, a little bit of stretch to them, just as comfortable as they can possibly be. It's like you're not even wearing pants, and yet you're covered. So you you should check that out. Uh, Pearl River Resort Studio this afternoon. Uh, that's where we are coming to you from. Again, genteelapparel.com. Hey, Dad's curious about this whole not wearing pants but actually wearing pants thing. Yeah. You know, hey, man, if I could, you know, feel pantsless but not be pantsless, I mean, who wouldn't want that? I mean, that's kind of a win, isn't it? That's living the dream is what that, that is. That is indeed living the dream. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. With no further ado, it is time to get to a Food Friday. Food Friday is presented by Polk's Meat. You can find them online at polksmeat.com. And that's great, right? I mean, you can see some recipes. You can see all the products they've got available, uh, located, based in the Pine Belt, family company for many, many, many years been passed down through the family generation to generation. But the website is is only one part of the equation. You gotta check out Polk's meat in your local grocery store. There's a really good chance that your local grocery store carries Polk's meat products, but if they don't, you need to find the manager of the meat department and say, look, we, we gotta get some Polk's. Great smoked sausage, great ham. You can get the, the ham steaks or the small pieces of ham that fit perfectly on a biscuit for that Saturday morning breakfast or Sunday morning breakfast that you're uh, putting together at your house. Remember, no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polks. And so I ask you the question that I love to ask, guys. Not Borky's two questions. My favorite question, what is going on the grill this weekend? Hey, Dad, it's been a rainy week. Looks like the weather may cooperate tomorrow. Road basketball for Mississippi State, low-key football weekend. It feels like a perfect grilling weekend for you, sir. Wrong. What? Because tomorrow is my our family's annual Christmas party, and I don't have to cook anything. This is the weekend. I leave it to my wife. Oh. She's been all day in the, in the kitchen cooking up the, the hors d'oeuvres, cooking up all the desserts. I have been the human taste tester, giving her the thumbs up on everything. I got to do nada this weekend. So, so how do you, how is it that you get off the hook on the Christmas party? Well, I do that when we have our summer cookout, that's my job. Whenever we have the cookouts at my house, I have to do that. But this is, this is my wife's deal. All I have to do is play the gracious host. Thank you again for the invitation. I appreciate it very much. Because last year, like, I didn't invite you, and I did. No, no. Yeah, very kind of you to invite. Uh, my, my wife and two daughters are actually going to a Christmas tea uh, at some friends in Jackson tomorrow. And so I will be, I, I got to do the Ole Miss Valpo game on TV. Uh, but aside from that, I'm hanging out with the boy tomorrow. So no, no road trip in the, uh, in the cards for me. Looking forward to that. So what's on the menu for the Christmas party? Oh man, she's been making sausage balls and uh, bacon bombs this, today, and uh, 
She had some some bacon cheddar ranch dip and some fruit dip and some chocolate chip cookie dough dip. Uh, she was making up some crockpot candy when I left, doing the uh, the symphony brownies and the toffee bars. Ooh. I think they, she was starting to bake those. I mean, it's, it's a spread, man. There'll be buffalo chicken dip, crack dip. There'll be uh, the you know it's it's it, you got to have crack the, uh, dip. It's dip where you literally you know, put you put a little a little bit more for Santa Claus, a little bit more for Santa Claus. Uh, no, it's 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 cream cheese and and sausage and salsa. Uh, we we get a question on the ceasefire text line. Bacon bomb. Elaborate, please. You take a cube of cheese and some crumbled up bacon, and you wrap that in a biscuit, and you deep fry it. Ooh. Yeah, that's what you do, brother. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? So, so is that a a like day of the party, night of the party preparation, or do you do we that will, in advance? Uh, She's got them all rolled up, and then tomorrow she'll cook them. Because it feels like when those come out hot, no, that's, that's when you the want time. them, and they, they get the cheese stretchiness. Yeah, okay. And we, I mean, she'll she'll do like fifteen, like ten to twelve desserts, and you know, eight or nine to ten savory items. She'll have the little crock pot full of you know meatballs and barbecue sauce, and the little the little sausages and in, in barbecue sauce, which is a a southern staple, of course. And I mean, it's just it's, it's just good, man. It's fun. Michael Borky, what is the what is the plan this weekend? Fancy. It's a four year anniversary it was actually yesterday. Um so, so hey, part of congrats. what we're doing is we're we're cooking for each other tomorrow, but the same meal. So she's doing app and dessert and I'm doing main course and side and I'm doing a a mushroom risotto. Risotto is really simple, by the way. Gordon Ramsay on all of his shows acts like it's some like delicacy or whatever. Gordon, it's really easy. You pompous jerk. Um, <laughs> so, do it a mushroom parmesan risotto for the side, and then if I can find it, which that's going to be the issue tomorrow, swordfish. And swordfish is so good, and it's it's a little bit hardier, so you can you can cook. I guess harsher would be the word. I, I take a skillet Woo! and sear it like it's a steak okay. with, with garlic and butter and, and whatever herb of your choice, and, and I sear them off in, in the skillet and then pop it in the oven for about ten minutes, and you have perfect swordfish. I just the problem is I, I got to go find it, and it may not be easy to find, so I might have to call an audible. But that's the plan right now: mushroom parmesan risotto and seared and baked swordfish. And it is outstanding. I'm not anti risotto, but I don't love risotto the way some people do. I love it. I mean, it's good. Yeah. Matthew in Oklahoma says he needs an invite to Hey Dad's house. Let me see what kind of fan is Matthew. Let's see if he could possibly get one. It's uh, not looking good. There, looking at these these tech. Uh, so it is looking good, or it's not. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. I can't mm-hmm. tell. Uh, Darren and Jackson. Deer roast on the smoker. Rubbed down with Tony Sacheries with biscuits and smoked potatoes. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike says he's munching on a shaved ribeye filly right now. That looks good. Sounds good. Yeah. And again, little pro tip, freeze it for an hour before you shave it when you're making fillies. So much easier to cut. Yes. 
That is a pro tip. That is a true story, which is we just was said. Smitty says it doesn't look like Gordon Ramsay will be getting a Christmas card from Borky this year. I actually love Gordon Ramsay, but man, on uh, on Hell's Kitchen, I mean, I don't know how the chefs screw up his risotto so bad. It's this. It's so simple. Like you guys are supposed to be these high class professional chefs, and you can't make that. I make that. Like I, I'm. I don't know what half of the stuff I'm cooking with is, and I can make perfect risotto. So. Bill in Jackson suggests that you take a tenderloin stuffed with jalapenos and cream cheese and put it on the grill. An awesome way to go. So stuffed tenderloin. Sounds Yeah, that sounds great. If you guys do a tenderloin, I mean, especially a beef tenderloin, are you okay with messing with it like that? Or is it, nah, this is a piece of meat that's good enough, it just kind of stands on its own? I can I can live with both. If it tastes good, it tastes good. Okay. I think I would just be hard, like, you know, Christmas Eve dinner or Christmas Day dinner. You know, you got that beautiful tenderloin to feed. I wouldn't a do it for Christmas people. Day, but but if I was just, you know, cooking at having a cookout, that might be something I would I would fool around and do. It's something I'm Try doing it. in the summer. But yeah, a bi- a big dinner like that, no, I'm gonna stay to the classics. Yeah. I love it. Love it. That's your Food Friday presented by Polks. You got any other stuff that you're cooking, you can shoot it over our way. We'll talk about it coming up next. When you go to the grocery store, look for that blue and yellow label from Polk's Meat Products. Polk's Meat. Because picky people pick Polk's. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi. with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. About half an hour left with you. Um, MJ Daniels, highly sought after coming out of high school, battle between Ole Miss and Mississippi State, ultimately went to Ole Miss, caused angst in certain areas, never really played. Played a little bit, but not a lot. And entered the transfer portal and has committed to Southern Miss. So we talked about this a lot last year. Guys from Mississippi State, for one reason or another, entering the transfer portal. Guys from Ole Miss, for one reason or another, entering the transfer portal and choosing Southern Miss. And if you look at this season from Southern Miss... Some of those guys were impact players for the Golden Eagles. This is a nice pickup. 
it's smart roster building. And I, I said that on Twitter, and, and I even prefaced it with, I know this is going to get taken the wrong way, but whatever. And guess what? My group of Southern Miss fans took it the wrong way. But that's okay. Because it's brilliant roster building. You know that players from the SEC schools in your state are going to hit the transfer portal. That is how it works now. There is going forever. There's going to be roster attrition at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. It's just going to happen, more so than it ever has before. And so you sit here with your ties to the state and your relationships with high school coaches and stuff all over the state and when somebody that is a talented football player that just got recruited over, that, that was Daniels' thing. Maybe there's some other stuff like nuanced inside the program, but they have NFL caliber players that play in front of them. That's just, that's just how it works sometimes. But that's a, a four-star player that you are not signing organically if Ole Miss or Mississippi State wants him. It's just not happening in this day and age. I was reminded that it happened in the 80s, and therefore what I'm saying today is wrong. But, again, um, it's not happening in this day and age. So establish the relationships. Keep in contact with these players. When they go to Starkville, and for whatever reason it doesn't work out there, you can go scoop up a quality player that spent multiple years in an SEC strength and conditioning program, getting some game experience, and suddenly you're adding talent that you never would have otherwise, it's brilliant. It's exactly how Will Hall should do it. And again, here's another very talented football player added to his roster that should impact his team right away. It's a no-brainer. Of course, we do have to add MJ Daniels to the Pat Patterson list of players who flipped from state to Ole Miss and then did nothing. It's Janari a long Dean. and distinguished list. Janari Dean at Southern Miss this year, nine games, was the second-leading rusher. Well. Look at the uh, the defensive side, Dalen Gill, third-leading tackler. Big, big contributor there, Quentin Bivens. Mm-hmm. Twelve games, 32 tackles, five-and-a-half TFLs, four-and-a-half sacks in the middle of that defensive line. Tylen Knight played in all 12 games, had 24 tackles. Uh, we, we're, everybody on this show, at least as far as I know, we're all you know f- fiscally pretty conservative guys, right? Trickle down economics. That's what this is. This is what the transfer portal gives us. The guys who can't cut it at Alabama and LSU going to the portal, State and Ole Miss grab those guys. The guys who can't cut it at State and Ole Miss going to the portal, Southern Miss gets those guys. There are some guys who can't cut it at Southern Miss, and you know smaller schools get those guys. And everybody. I understand the transfer portal has a lot of big issues, and it causes a lot of headache. I get that. But these things are good. State is getting a caliber of recruit that they couldn't possibly get in some of the guys they brought in from the portal. Jalen Green was the number one cornerback in the country, I think, his senior year of high school. The guy's not coming to Mississippi State. But through the portal, you got two years of him as a good starter. And MJ Daniels was a four-star kid out of, out of George County. Southern's not getting that kid out of high school, but now they have him. So it, it, at the at the very base of the premise of the transfer portal, it is working. Reportedly, Rara Thomas is taking a visit to Ole Miss this weekend. Mm-hmm. It was originally thought that he was going to visit Georgia, Tennessee, and Auburn. 
I don't know if he's just added Ole Miss to the list or if he's dropping one of those three. Correct me if I'm wrong, Haydad. Isn't Auburn off? And it's, I don't know. It's hard to keep up with this stuff. When, when he d- declares, we'll know. Uh, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. But so. that, that means something. I mean, Ole Miss needs wide receiver help. Presumably, Jonathan Mingo's gone. I, I guess he could return. Malik Heath is gone after having a good year. <laughs> He's one of the senior bowl, isn't he? He's got to be gone. Yeah, just hadn't declared yet. But, I mean, you know. Uh, they're, yeah. they're gone. And so you're, you're left with guys that actually you know were meaningful to that team at wide receiver. It's Jordan Watkins and, what, Dayton Wade? And that's it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you need receiver help. It, you know, it'll all it'll depend on money and how much they're willing to pay him and how much he's asking for. I assume, and we'll, we'll see if if they're able to pull that off or if Georgia wants him more and and the cycle continues. They're going to throw more at him for more positive stuff at him this time, as opposed to the stuff they threw at him the last time he was in Oxford. <laughs> Um, Kelly Jones, who is a guy we talked with about yesterday at the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game, defensive back from Clarksdale, who on June 15th committed to Mississippi State. Blessed to say that I am committed to the Mississippi State University. Uh, tagged a bunch of coaches in that, and that's pinned at the top of his Twitter profile. He is also blessed to be a four-star. That was 19 hours ago. and uh bumped up? A couple of days ago, he was blessed to receive an offer from Ole Miss. So that goes. Yeah, it's blowing up. State's got a couple of uh, of transfer portal guys too. One one familiar name we might remember, Radar Jones, who yeah. was uh, teammates with Nicobe Dean at Horn Lake. Uh, he's entered the portal. He'll be in Starkville this weekend, uh, along with uh, Western Kentucky offensive lineman Gunner Britton. I thought last year Mason Brooks made a mistake going to Ole Miss over Mississippi State because he, he could have just plugged right in, you know, air raid systems, different system at Ole Miss, and it didn't work out for him. Um, so now one of his teammates, his former teammates, is headed to Starkville for a visit. Uh, kicker from Cincinnati, Ryan Coe, uh, will be there. So State needs a kicker. That's that's a good one to look at. And then not a uh, not a transfer guy, but you know, uh, one of Ole Miss's commits is on State's. Uh, campus this weekend. Uh, junior college offensive tackle Isavian Miller is in Starville this weekend. It's fast and furious. If you're going to keep up with I mean, it all, good luck. Signing day is in 12 days. It's in yeah. 12 days. Yeah, yeah. I was listening, Two weeks from this past Wednesday. I was listening to a national mm-hmm. podcast talking about portal chaos. And one of the questions was like, you know, you're seeing a lot of guys enter, but not a lot of commitments yet. And they talked about how signing day might be why. Meaning, yeah. you, you might not see these portal announcements until signing day. They got to get because, visits because in. You don't, yeah, well, I mean, they got to get visits in, but also you don't want to mess up your high school recruiting. You know, if you if you're yeah. if you want to bring in the running back in the portal and also sign the high school kid, you're afraid yeah, of you get uh, on the, uh, scaring the high school kid away. Makes sense. Makes sense. Because, I mean, how many of the portal signing. announcements have you seen a guy has decided where he's going? Right. It's very few. I saw Dylan Johnson announced a couple of offers today from Washington and Syracuse. Oh. Some good offers Does Garrett Trader have another year at Syracuse? Trader was a true freshman in 19, so 19, 20, 21, 22, but he would would still have a redshirt year, which he doesn't need, and he also has his COVID year. 
uh, still available. So he should have one more year if he wants it. Yeah. UTSA's quarterback, fun fact of the day, is uh, has decided to return for his fourth year as a starter and I believe his seventh year of college. <laughs> Seven years of college down the drain. I think he's a four-year starter, but he's a multi-year starter entering his seventh they, year of They college. need to get a picture of him in the sweatshirt that just says college. Yeah. And just you know, go from there. If you don't leave with at least one graduate degree... You kind of did this wrong. <laughs> you should have a graduate degree after seven years. Now, I understand that I'm not the best way. I, I was six years of undergrad with only one degree. If I'd had one more year, I probably could have gotten a master's in something, I think. Maybe. It's just good to get to the end. It was just good to get to the end when the end finally came. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up with you next on this Friday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. There has been continued movement in the line on the Army Navy game. Navy now a three point favorite. Total is at 32 and a half. Two o'clock kickoff tomorrow on CBS. And if you want to take in all of the pomp and circumstance, the, the march on from the Corps of Cadets and the midshipmen, then you can watch that. They're carrying it live on CBS Sports Network. I think that starts at like 11, 11 or 12, something like that. But uh, that'll be cool. We've never watched the, the march in. That's one of the really neat scenes that you have in all of uh, college athletics. So that'll be cool tomorrow afternoon. game, as we talked about earlier today, is being played in Philadelphia. We've also got hoops this weekend. Mississippi State on Sunday night is on the road. Not necessarily an easy place to play either. They're in Minneapolis uh, playing in the barn, playing the University of Minnesota. And, uh, hey, Dad, Trying to stay perfect on the year. Off to an 8-0 start. The net is in great shape. Ranked in the AP Top 25. This is a little bit of a validation game for Mississippi State. Yeah, because they, they lost this game a year ago in, in Starkville to, Minnesota, to not a good Minnesota team. And, and that game, if you recall, Minnesota got out to a big lead and just sort of held on the rest of the way. Um, that, that game was sort of the first early warning sign that that team was not going to be what a lot of people thought it was. Um, this Minnesota team, they're four and five on the year. They, they lost their schedule is really weird. They they started Big Ten play. They've played mm-hmm. Purdue and Michigan. Then they out, but now they're about to play four straight non conference games, and then they'll go back to Big Ten play after that. I don't get it, but whatever. Um, they only score sixty three points a game. 
So they're kind of limited offensively as it is. And with this Mississippi State defense, I think this is a good litmus test to go on the road to a, you know, at least it's a Power 5 opponent. A true road win is always a good thing in your net. It's always good for your analytics. So if they can yeah. get this win, that'll be that'll go a long way for State. Lost uh, to UNLV. Lost at Virginia Tech by 10. That was in the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge. And then lost their first two games in conference play. Not an easy start in conference play by... 19 at Purdue and by 15 at home to uh, to Michigan. I think the deal is the Big Ten and the ACC both have gone to 20-game conference schedules, and the Pac-12 may have as well. And so you play a couple of games early and then finish out your non-conference, and then you go back and you uh, you finish it out. Uh, Ole Miss is hosting Valparaiso. Uh, 2 o'clock tomorrow at the Pavilion, games on the SEC Network, uh, doing that game with John Sunvold. It's one of those weird deals, though. I am doing that game from my house, which is four minutes from the pavilion. Why? It's live from home game. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if you if this game was on the road or something, I get it. But like, they I can't just like just go onto the pavilion. I guess because well, your color I mean, guy if, is not. Is yeah, it? if the color analyst isn't there, I mean, you need to both be in set up one Surely way. Surely there is somebody in the city of Oxford who could be your color analyst. Heck, I would drive up there. I mean, well, I, yeah. I'll be your that's color analyst. Not exactly how ESPN goes about choosing their analysts, but oh, I figured as much. But I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, Sunny will be fun to work with. That'll be fun. Um, yes, there will be a replay of the shot. That uh, Bryce Drew hit in the NCAA tournament, maybe the most famous moment in NCAA tournament basketball history. Probably not the most famous moment, but a top five moment. Uh, and we'll kind of talk about how that one played out. I mean, Leitner's shot was bigger than that, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, I would. Yes. There's been a couple of buzzer beaters the past few years too. The one Villanova, North Carolina. Villanova. And, yeah. 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 So there's some big moments, but that certainly is one of the uh, one of the big ones. So we'll. Uh, have fun reliving that, of, of course. Um, <laughs> Ole Miss uh, uh, what, started the year six and two or six and zero, oh, lost their last two games, and uh, so trying to kind of get back going. Deshaun Ruffin is back for Ole Miss. He played fourteen minutes against Memphis. Didn't do a whole lot. Kind of just tried to jump in and go full speed, and probably not ready for that. He's practiced all week and is expected to play tomorrow. Maybe even start. We'll, we'll see how that uh, that works out. So Ole Miss looking for a win. Uh, against the Valpo team that just okay. I think they're four and five coming in. They need him to be good because that offense looked like not offense at all in Memphis. Yeah. No, you're right. And he kind of got punched in the mouth against Memphis early and then tried to come back a little. I mean, here's how big of a hole they dug themselves in. If I remember correctly, Memphis did not score a basket in the final five minutes and 23 seconds of the game. And still won by double digits. Uh, Greg and Jackson sends us a picture of a little guy. Yeah. Congratulations, Greg. New baby. Girl. Say what? Girl. Little girl. Oh, first granddaughter. Beautiful, yeah. Greg. She is beautiful. That's fantastic. So plenty of hoops this weekend. You got the NFL this weekend. You got Army Navy this weekend. We'll talk about it all on Monday. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. 
Have a great weekend. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.